0: It's weird. That's good, but, it's fine. Um, you're good to go. So, Click that, and I'm going to okay. sit at the door, but like, okay. Okay. again, I'm like, shaking. this is, okay. like, I know you're a radio person, so like, this is
1: way easier for you.
0: Mm. I kind of know what I'm doing. I kind of know what I'm doing. So, like, I'm going to keep you on track, but like, I mean, I'm not that's really. It's fine.
1: Yeah. I'm good. Just this, this rail me in if I keep talking too much. That's it. If You have to rail me in. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> fine. That's <laughs> fine. You're good. So, all right.
0: So, season one of Burn the Boat podcast, we have Will Gatson. Welcome, Will. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, just so you give you a backstory, we call it Burn the Boat um, because back in the day when the, the soldiers would come over, they would literally burn the boat right in front of them. So they understood that there was no plan B. Wow. And it's plan A. Okay. That, you know, again, I'm a big believer. Even if you follow plan A, you don't get to what plan A is. You land somewhere where you're supposed to be. Okay. Um, I might
1: steal that next year, by the way. Burn the boat. Well, you're getting a sweatshirt after okay, this. Okay, so, well, so, I mean, so, 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 yeah, you can use okay. the gear.
0: Um, but, I mean, that's basically, you know, what I believe about Erie. And I know that you came here from Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and you landed at Gannon. Mm-hmm. So, walk me through high school and getting to Gannon and okay. why you chose Gannon.
1: For sure. So, um... Actually, the reason I chose Gannon was my sister played at Cal U of PA. Okay. Um, And so her junior year, they're in the uh, NCAA tournament and the regional finals at Gannon. And so I've been to a couple of her games, you know, and I understood the atmosphere. And my dad really went to most of her games. And he said, be ready. This is about to be a legit atmosphere for this, you know. And at the time, I'm like, you know, women's college basketball doesn't get as much love. And then I came to up here, right? So I remember walking in the gym and it sold out. And I'm like, this is women's college basketball up here and my dad's like yeah this is just how it is up here and i was like oh i loved it and i mean the atmosphere the fans and i was the like oddy. yeah i'm the like oddy, man oddy, i'm baby. like this is amazing <laughs> like the mill is like this like so i was like wow and so i remember my dad said yeah this is men women's basketball up here and i said okay i want to be in this so i finished high school um, and what I, high school? A, I went to McKeesport high school McKeesport, okay, and I right, played for right. my dad. He was my basketball coach. Um, and so I had some D three offers. Um, and you know, personally, I feel like I probably should have went D three, but I was on, you know, I got to play D two. I got to play D two. So, and they also had the major I was in at the time. So I came up here, walked onto the basketball team, um, played for John Riley. And I think that's where, um, my knowledge and really what it takes to to work hard really found it um i think in high school was small town you're the man on the team so i you know i kind of walked in that and then i got to college and it was small fish in a big pond and it was you had to work for everything you had Um, and then then being a walk-on it was nothing was given so it was just work hard work hard every day Um, and I, i was a part of a senior led team my freshman year so and who were the seniors? I mean, not, yeah, my freshman year the seniors were Darius Porter, Ad, okay, um, yeah. Rafael, Kofi, Thomas Edwards, uh, Adam Blazing. Oh, Blazek. was, uh, was a,
0: he was a senior. That, yes. Okay, I didn't. I knew that. I mean, I knew they oh were all close. Gosh. I didn't know.
1: Jabron Smith and um, oh, and Jabron. Yes, and then oh Rich Austin, and so God. and so I, that team was legit was amazing. Like they yeah. just dogged us in practice every day, oh, and it was eater be in. And yeah. so I remember by my first time up there, right, we're in playing pickup, and the freshmen we were playing the seniors, and we were winning, about to win. I get a steal, and I threw like a float pass at half court, and Blazes knocked me out, knocked me over, and I'm just laying on my back. And he just, like, stepped over. And nobody helped me up. And I was like, oh, oh this, is, this <laughs> yeah. is what it is. This is what it is. So, but, I mean, after that, there was like they wanted to know if I was going to get up or if I was just going to cry about it. And I got up, brushed myself off. We kept playing. And I think that was when I was like, okay, this is, is – I deserve it? to be around here. Um, and so I came, played basketball, played two years, and just been in Erie ever since. Yeah, but
0: walk me back. So you said that you didn't want to play D3. hmm why? Was it like your dad? I mean, your dad's your coach. Yeah. I, mean, I can't imagine like playing for your own dad. Yeah. But it was it like this like intrinsic thing, extrinsic thing? Was it like, I like I believe that I have the ability to play D2? Or yeah. like, you know, like where where did that, cause let I me mean, say like when you yeah. got to Gain, that's where you learned to work hard. But I mean, that's yeah. not, I mean, I think it elevated you to work for sure. sure. So, like, walk me through why D two not D three?
1: Yeah, I think you know, I was I fell victim to that whole social media. um, This is where this is where it is. You know, D three is not good basketball, and I personally, I didn't. I think there was a D three school near me. Um, and I didn't want to be trapped kind of near hometown. And I was just like, nah, D3, D3 this, D3 that. And I didn't realize how good a basketball D3 really right. was at the time. Right. Um, and I think one thing that really opened my eyes was freshman year, we scrimmaged Penn State Barron, and they were a well-oiled machine. And I was like, this is a D3 basketball team? Like, I didn't realize how <laughs> good it could be. And so I think that opened my eyes. And so, you know, while, then after that, it was just, uh, I'm here now. I got to get here. I got to get on the floor. Right. Um, and so I think it was really just the fact of that I thought that I should be playing D2, that D3 wasn't good basketball, that I was better, I was above. Um, and, you know, I was a buck 60 soaking wet at the time, you know, you six know foot. Play. Right. And so, you know, I think the real reason now that I'm a coach is that the difference between D1, D2, D3 is size. Um, athleticism, and I think the real difference between D2 and D3 is D3 guys play harder, and they're still skilled. They just want the size to play D2, right. and I think that's where I fell in that category. Right, yeah. I didn't have the size to to be there, and I and I could have been a, a pretty good D3 guard. That I think yeah. been stronger. I
0: think that thing, part of it too is just falling through the cracks. Like if yeah. you don't have a guy that like know it has contacts and can get you there, like yeah. that's part of the difference too. Yeah. So when you get to Gannon, obviously you know playing basketball and whatnot. Did you start? major-wise.
1: Yeah, so I started as a biomedical engineering major. Um, yes, yeah, it was, oh my goodness, it was crazy. Like, I, and so I um, got, to, got through it to my sophomore year, right? And I'm in calculus three. And I'm like, I'm like dying internally. And so I remember being, and I had Dr. Caulfield, so if you watch this, shout out to him, great professor. Um, and so he goes to me, he goes, uh, you know, Will, what is the answer for number seven? And I straight up said, I have no clue. I just have no clue. And I walked out, I just left class. And I called my mom and I'm like, listen, I need you not to cry, don't be upset, but I can't be a, a biomedical engineer. And she's like, what do you mean? Like I said, I just can't do it, I can't. And so she goes, what do you wanna do? And I said, I wanna be in communications. And she goes, I have to call you back. And I, and like hung call up, you hung up. And so, and so she was heartbroken um, and so, Afterwards, she called me back maybe the next day. She goes, listen, me and your dad talked. This is fine. And they're like, this is what she's, <laughs> yeah, fine. this is okay. Which means it's really yeah, not Yeah, it's, it's not, <laughs> at all, not by fine. no means. And so she said, and, but my dad said to her and goes, Trish, listen, he is, this is the guy he is, he's a talker. He does everything in this. So communications might be his route. And so I switched to communications for the next semester. Um, and I mean, legit, I fell in love with it yeah. immediately. And yeah. it was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. And ever since then it's, First, I stopped playing basketball. I went to communications, and I mean it was it was love at first sight. Like it yeah. was exactly what I wanted to be in. Right. So you said you stopped playing basketball. Mm-hmm. What year did you stop? Uh, my I fin- so I finished playing all the way through my sophomore year. I said I wasn't going to quit mm-hmm. midseason. Um. So after my sophomore year, I said I went to Coach Ryan and said, "This is it's just not for me anymore." Yeah. And it was oh, it was difficult.
0: Oh, man. I mean, it's crazy to hear you talk about it because again, like when you said biomechanical engineering, I like laughed because yeah. I started out as PT physical oh therapy God. and like my end goal was to help people but like yeah. you get into it and then you're just like the end goal's right but this middle goal of like it's not it it's it. funny you say what you about communication cause i call my mom and i go mama like, i can't do it and she's yeah. okay I'm, like, I'm gonna be a history major and she's like what <laughs> she's like like there are no jobs in history yeah, yeah. I go yeah but like it's like a big story i can remember everything she, right. she's like i think you should reconsider yeah. and i ended up switching to business and i mean again it was like the best thing that ever happened to me because yeah. i found business but um so when you quit not quit i mean when you when you stop playing because yeah. i mean it, i mean we all stop playing yeah. eventually i mean unless you're part of the one percent right um do you think that the work ethic you got from basketball translated into like when you found your passion now again yeah, yeah. i know you worked hard in the biomedical yeah. engineering stuff but like yeah. sometimes it's just too hard and not too hard but like it gets to a point where you're like i'm outside yeah. of my element yes absolutely. when you got back to communications and when you finally found that passion do you think that like because of what you did in basketball and the way that those guys treated you and everything that led up to that point Mm -hmm. helped
1: you? For sure, for sure. Um, I think it's funny. I was, like, watching YouTube quotes. You know, you're trying to find any inspiration. Maybe I can get through it, right? (laughs) And there was um, one, it was a Les Miles video. He says, you can work your whole life and fail at something you don't want to do. Why not do something you're passionate about? And I was like, wow, well, that's it. I'm done. And so I think that's all it was, hands down. It was just, you know, you had to grind. You had to be. Um, you had to build yourself back up, and so you know my goal was still to finish graduating on time. Right. And so I just turned all my um, engineering classes I turned to electives mm-hmm. to keep myself right. on the course. Yeah. And so when I, when I got into communication, like I love this, this is what I want to do it was easier to pour my passion into it, easier Absolutely. to work harder. Um, and so all the things that I had questions about, it was, you know, I feel like when, and as you know, as a basketball player, when you love playing, it's easy to stay after and shoot. It's easy to stay after to work on your game because you love doing it. And so when I got to communications, it was easier to work on, oh, how do I work on it? in the Adobe suite? It was easier yeah. to work on how do I speak in front of a camera? Because I loved it, I enjoyed it. And so I think um, just turning into enjoying it, the hard work part it was one hand in hand right after that. I,
0: Right, and so, what I again remind me where you work again. Uh, I
1: work for Optum. I oh, work for Optum. Yeah,
0: and so, what when you were in communications mm-hmm. is Optum when you were in, I mean is what, is what was your end goal?
1: So I know? wanted I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Okay, that was number one. Um, and I realized how hard it is to get to ESPN. And so <laughs> the funny part is, as you know, how we met, Coach yeah, Ned yeah. Um, OLC. Um, one of the mothers of the kids I coach. Um, came after the game and goes, hey, you know, I always wanted to know what do you what are you majoring in school? And i go majoring in communication arts and electronic media. And she goes well um, I am the VP of communications at Optum. Okay, um, you know, we're opening a spot for Electronic media and video production. Would you be interested? I go that's exactly what I do. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure yeah, absolutely. And, so, and So I think I had to shift my gears and be like, hold on. What else can I do? You know, and I think I had a one-track mind of what communications could be and I think what a lot of people don't understand is you can do anything with a communications major. I have one friend who works in communications for a casino. I have one friend who works in communications for crews. I have another who's a video guy for the MLB. Like there's so many things you can do. And so, like you said, I didn't, you know, I was just applying what I knew and trying to build myself up right. there and just found the doorway. Right. Um, and so I was blessed that way, but kind of getting back to, ba- like basketball, basketball opened up my door. and so. Right. It was just being right place at the right time, yeah. but just having the faith that if I stay and work hard in this, then I'll, I'll find my opportunity. Right,
0: and you know, I, in the beginning, this we talked about the plan A, mm-hmm. and I think like for all of us, naively, it's to be an NBA basketball player when yes. you're playing basketball. Yes. So like your plan A was, well, I'm gonna be D2, and then you know, I'm gonna grow, and then I'm gonna get better, and I, you know, yeah. NBA. But like in doing that, and leaving that, and keep going, you kept find as plan A grew. Yes. I mean, things fell into place part of plan A. Yeah. So uh, I think that you know that's a huge part of all this, mm. but I want to take one more step back. And I want to talk, do you know who recommended these mics to me? Uh uh-uh. I think you do know the answer. Who? Chet LePrice. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: my dog. That's so my
0: I guy. want to give him a shout out because obviously that's, yes. that's my, that's my aunt's husband. That's right. You did. So I remember guy. we were sitting at OLP and that's I was right. like, I was like, well, Chet yes. Like, yes, Yes, that's yes. my guy. And so you did run a radio show there, yes. right? Like a,
1: uh, what was it again? The primetime sports guys. Um, so it was uh, three guys we kind of took it by storm. Um, it was uh, Matt Nuara and Matt Fosnott. A uh, shout out to my guys. We, we call ourselves the big three back then. So the big three. Uh, The big three. And so uh, Nuara led NFL Talk, um, and Matt Fosnott Foz led MLB, okay. um, and I was basketball. And so we, at three hour show, um, and, and shout out to Chet for just letting us go. I mean, he. I mean, there was times he had to reel us back in, but I mean, it was awesome. And I think right. we had some great experiences. And it really helped me uh, grow my prowess in, in talking in front of mics, um, and then loving different sports and and watching everything. Yeah. You know, so I, I miss those days for sure. So, is
0: you said broadcasting, obviously, and I know you've kind of taken a different route with Optum, which I, th- I think you enjoy. Yeah what's the i mean the end goal i mean is it to be there forever is there? i mean i know coaching obviously is, yeah. is a big passion which we'll touch on in a little bit but what else i mean is there like i mean again you know like when we're little kids we say i want to be a yeah and like for me like once i got to 18 19 20 and i found entrepreneurship and that kind of stuff yeah. i was like i want to work for myself Yeah. Like i want to run a business i want to you know help people i want to do all that kind of yeah. stuff and i'm not saying often. that's not optimus yeah. Often can definitely be that but yeah. like, i don't think anybody picks to be at that business yeah. when they're younger, yeah. so yeah. for sure. What
1: I think um, personally, I'd love to get back to broadcasting. I right. would love, um, and I think Optum allows me to one grow my business prowess, um, and then if I can move into production, you know, mm. next step maybe ESPN next. And then work from behind the camera to in front. That's my. I, <laughs> I would love to do color commentary. Right. I feel oh my like gosh, like, Yeah. Like I, I don't like. I my, you could replace Stan Van Gundy man, or Jeff Van Gundy right now. Man. Like I'm telling you. Like call him Jeff Van Gundy. Like I'm telling you. Like I don't see. And I would love NBA. But I see nothing better than like like when Dickie V and all of them are at Duke. Like yep. just being in that atmosphere. It's easy to work there because it's just it's so much energy and you're just talking the game and feeding off that and yeah you, you yeah. know what I mean and I and like once and, you put
0: the practice in you're able to it just rolls off your tongue right you know? you
1: know and and like you know talking to like oh my my work day is interviewing Mike Krzyzewski on his game plan for North Carolina yeah. or for or interviewing Jim Beheim for for what he's going to do against like like that would be amazing right and so I think if I could do that that would be a hand and I would love to do that travel to different gyms meet different coaches um and I and I think you you really get a greater appreciation for the game because you see yeah. the different styles. You learn from different guys, so that I think that would be that, that's my angle at color kind of commentary okay. on ESPN.
0: So you talked about how how hard it is it to get into ESPN? Which yeah. I mean, I, I and I, I don't doubt that. I don't know the ins and the outs of it. Yeah. But so one of the things for Erie 360 that we're going to do is we're going to run events, okay? And we're going to pair them with internships, okay? So you know, kids who are if they're seniors in high school or if they're even if they're in college, when we run our youth leagues, they're going to be able to come in live. Like yeah. broadcast the, the youth games. Yeah. So when they get out of school, and someone says, "Well, you need five years experience," and you go, "Well, I have it." Yeah. What do you have any advice for those kids? Like, what should they do? How should they practice? You know, like yeah. just general. I mean, because you said it is hard, and I yeah. agree. So. Do you have any advice for people who wanna get into it and yeah. like what they should practice or where they should look or anything yeah. like that?
1: I say legit start at home and, and kinda, I always equip myself back to basketball. So just like the kid who's in the backyard shooting hoops by himself, shooting at the free throw, you know, kind of imagining there's five seconds left, right. I, you know, making that situation. Do the same when you're, like, do a stand-up. So if you're playing a video game, playing 2K you're on your headset, broadcast the game to yourself. Broadcast the game to whoever's around and get yourself comfortable with talking for long periods of time. Just like everything practice always makes perfect. Right. So. You know, if you want to broadcast your two friends playing 2K, they may be annoying to them, but you're building yourself up for something that, for something another level. Um, so legit, practice whatever it is, time in, time out, do that, and then you know, next time when you're doing a game, it's easy right. or it's you know, it's it's you've had the practice before. Uh, so legit, practice the small things, do the small things, and it'll pay off uh, down the line.
0: That's such like practical, like I like you know, I mean that's that's such a great answer because you think about when you spell or when you are doing something, you just do it a thousand times over and over. And for some reason, like a lot of people separate the two. Yeah. When you learn stuff in school, you say, oh, if I just practice it, But then you go to your job or whatever you're
1: going for. And like, we don't have that same practical. Right, right.
0: That's like, I'm blown, I love that. That's,
1: you know, and for me personally, I have, you know, I'd be younger on my headset and I'd be doing everything. Like I, well, my, my idol growing up um, was other than Kobe Bryant, oh, um, was Stuart Scott. Okay. So okay, Stuart okay. Stuart Scott was my like my guy. So I turn on ESPN, and the cool was the other side of the pillow, all that stuff. Yeah. Like I was like, oh I wanted to do that. And right. so I would just like be goofing off like doing stuff like that, playing video games, all that stuff where my dad would be like, Can you you gotta be quiet. Like you're screaming yeah. at 7 a.m. you're playing yeah. video games. I'm <laughs> <and laughs> broadcasting. You gotta stop. And so um, but it was just, just putting myself in those scenarios and doing that because then it becomes second nature or you goof off with it, and they're like, "Hold on, he does actually not bad." And so, um, Chet, another thing you let us do is we got to broadcast the women's basketball games at Gannon. Okay. And so then you know I got to do the first time I was nervous. Right. And the second time I'm like, this is just talking basketball, and right. so it was fun. It was easy. But I had that practice of doing right. it in my bedroom, and now it's just I get to right. do it on the radio now. Yeah,
0: and that's I mean that it just falls right in line with my like my way of thinking. Like I've never done a podcast, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm just having a conversation with yeah. you. I don't. Should I know what I'm doing? Probably not, Uh, but I'm going to learn along the way, and I think that's a lot of a lot for any kid. Like, if you want to do something, just go do it. Yeah, we all learn by trial by error. Like, I was looking at the first Joe Rogan episode. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, not the first one, no. I mean, he's literally like, okay, what do I do here? And he's like on a screen. He's like, he has no idea. He's like, hey, I can't remember the guy's name. He's like, hey, what what am I doing? Like, I can't can't see anything. He has no idea. But again, we all have to be like our own trailblazer at some point and kind of just go. So, you're at Gannon, you run the show, Mm. you get ready to graduate. What's going through your mind? Where are you going? What are you doing? How are you doing it? What? Walk me through it. Because again, I'll we all yeah. get to that point and yeah. it's kind of like it happens so fast Yes. That, I mean, I'm 29 now yeah. and it's like being 18 and graduating from college happens so fast. Yes. And like yes. here I am now 11 years later. Yes. So it's like can you walk us through like end a senior year like what's your plans for a job if yeah. you want to go back home or you know and then you end up in Erie so like talk about why you chose Erie yeah and just kind of walk me through that process
1: so at the time I was coaching at um St. Jude and I was coach and I was um still in school so kind of going to my senior year I just I had a, a one position kind of lined up I was going to interview for in Erie and then the other one that the mother from the school talked to me about and so I didn't have a clear plan I was just hoping one of them worked out um, and so my backup was, if nothing worked, I'd go back home. So I was um, kind of talking to friends and interviewing different places, and I said, you know what, right now I, I don't want to go back home. Like, you know, it, it could have worked, um, it would have been easier, but I, at that time I've been living on my own for the past three years mm-hmm. after, in school. And so I said, I just, and I, from to be honest, back home was a trap. A lot of my friends go back home and stay home. Yeah. And so I was like, I just don't want that for me. and so. You know, it's funny. Everybody talks about Erie, this Erie, that, but I, I grew, I grew in Erie. You know, I really found myself in Erie, and I said, why not stay here? I continued to find myself, continue yeah. to build, and so at that point, um, I finally, later in the summer, I finally got the job lined up, and it, I was going to start in September, um, and so I was excited about that, but I still wanted to coach, and so yeah. a friend of mine said, hey, there's a head coach opening up at Northwestern High School. And so I said, I'll apply. I'm not gonna get it. It'll be a good experience. And so I went and applied for the job at Northwestern. And um, uh, I applied there and uh, had my interview and uh, it was middle of summer and I went in a suit. And everybody that interviewed me is in polo and khakis and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I'm so overdressed. And so um, I talked to my dad, uh, who was a high school coach for 30 plus years. And I said, "What do I say?" And you know, he gave me some pointers. We said, "At the end of the day, be yourself." Right. You know? And so I remember going to the interview and uh, just being ready, you know, and you know, going through everything. And then one of the final questions was, "If you had to set me up through a two-hour practice," and I just went. Offbeat, just over and over like oh, we're going do this we'll do this You're just gonna run. Run. Yeah, you know You're run. Gonna put exactly. garbage cans out and there's gonna run right you know you, know, see right. if you can make it and, I, and, I'm, and I'm just I'm just getting into it right <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I'm on paper like yeah let's run do this run do this type of drill do this do this and I think they knew that I knew a little bit of basketball but they weren't prepared right. for how passionate I was right. about to get into right. it and so you know I went to the interview and they said thank you you know and I, and I left and I called my dad I said I think I did a good job but you know I don't know you know he goes listen I'm gonna be honest you're young. They're probably not gonna call you back. You probably did good on in the interview. Yeah. So a week goes by, and I get a call back from the superintendent. He goes, "Hey, can you come back tomorrow?" And I was like,
0: "Sure." They're not gonna I mean, tell me no to make me drive all the way yeah. out there. So, tell
1: me no. Right. I know how that feels. Cool. You can do that over a phone call. Right. I'm confused. And I call my dad, and I go, "Hey, I got a second interview." He goes, "You do?" I go, "Yeah." So I go down there, and they go, "Hey, you know, we thought you were great. We thought you're a great fit. You know, we think you'd be great to to coach here." And I just was like speech us for a second I'm like yeah like are you sure like yeah me like yeah and so and so then after that they gave me the position um and they showed me around and everything and after that I've just been there right. ever since so now that was three years ago isn't it crazy yeah so now it's finished my third right. season now so I'm gonna I'm
0: gonna backtrack you a little bit yeah. because there's a lot in that piece that I wanna yeah. touch on so I assume because I know AD yeah. was out at OLC, mm-hmm. St. Jude's yeah. whatever we wanna call it mm-hmm is that how you got the job like he's like hey you looking to coach and you're kind of like yeah like what led you to coaching and like what was your beginning expectation with coaching because I mean like I started coaching and I didn't really have an expectation I was just kind of like yeah let's do it yeah and I mean it said save our season on Facebook and I called him he's like yeah he's like meet me here and we met at Panera for 20 minutes like yeah you got the job and I'm like all right let's do it yeah so I had no expectations so when you're graduating from college, obviously you know you kind of made the decision to stay in Erie, and you decided that you want to you know work at Optum, and yeah. that works out. Yeah. And so, why coaching?
1: Okay, so we have to go a little bit further back. So keep, keep yeah. Take so, me all the way back. So when I finished my sophomore year, right that year, I said um, I'm done with basketball. Like I don't want anything to do with it. I'm tired of it. My love is gone. And um, my sister, who's like my best friend, she is coaching an AAU team back in Pittsburgh. So I came home from school. Um she's like, "Hey, you want to help me coach this AAU team. It was fifth grade girls." I said, "Absolutely not. I'm not I'm done. First of all, I'm done with basketball, and I'm not coaching fifth grade girls. I'm not like no." And so she goes, "Just come on. Just come on. Come to one game and watch us, right?" And I'm like, "Okay." So I go to her one of her games. They lose 49 to 5, right? And so I'm like, "I'm definitely not coaching now." Like, "No, <laughs> this is awful, right?" And so she goes like, "Come on, please, please, please." Like, "Please." I'm like, "No." And so she like tricked me, and so she goes, hey, I can't make practice. We have a tournament this weekend. Can you go run practice for me? I'll tell you what to do. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, no. And she's like, no, I need you, right? And so I went. And so now I'm running practice, and she shows up. 15 minutes out. She goes, I just yeah. had to get you here. I'm like, what? So now we're in practice. You know practice. how it is though. Yes. Oh, and yeah. And the juices flow yeah, yeah, yeah. immediately. Yeah. Immediately. And now I'm like, oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. And so now I'm I'm bought in, right? And so you know me. I'm animated. And so I can't hold myself back. So we get to practice that weekend comes, it's the tournament. And so I have to be assistant coach and sit down. It's driving me nuts sitting there. And just and like I'm like, I have to stand up. Raya, you can't let me be the assistant coach that sits down, I gotta stand up. So we go through that first weekend, we get killed again. After that, we start getting better and better, right? So we had like uh, two weekends off in a row. And so those two weeks of practice, we're getting better, we're getting better. We get to that next weekend, we win our first game. And I'm like, uh-oh, this is it. Then we went so we went from winning no games to winning two games right. that weekend, getting yeah. to the playoff Sunday. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. We get in there, right? So it's building. So we get to our last tournament. We won our first two games, get to the playoff game, and we play the team that she lost to by 40 in the beginning of the summer, and we beat them. And now I'm like, oh, this no, is it. it. This it's is it. It's, it's, it's a different love. It's truly a different love than actually playing the game. I mean, For sure.
0: I, don't get me wrong. I still love playing basketball, yeah. but like, it's a different love.
1: Man, and it's like, like just to see like the heart, and and not only you love it, but to see them love the game. Right. And now you're like, wow, like this feels different. And and right. and being competing in that moment. And now I think it went from all the athletic side to now it's the mental side of the game. Right. And I'll, now I'm looking at the game completely different. Like, wow, I didn't think about it from this lens or look at it this way and
0: I had to change that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I I didn't realize how similar our story was. I came back for a a break from college and Mm -hmm. like on Christmas break and my buddy's dad was coaching this team. It was actually Blessed Sacrament. Okay, It was was eighth grade girls though. Okay, okay. And he's like, well, you come. Like my buddy, like he he played basketball in high school, but I mean like he ended up playing like CY the church league stuff, so. And uh, he goes, well, hey, will you help me coach with my dad? And I'm like, yeah, sure, like why not? And like we got into this gym and his dad's like, "All right, this is our offense." And he put the four girls in the corners, and he gave the best ball handler girl, and said, just go to work, like, just go." And that—that's like that was the game plan. Yeah, that's the game plan. And I look at my buddy and I'm like, "This cannot I <laughs> this got, ain't this it? This isn't, this. isn't it." <laughs> and so we were only—we were like one or two cracks, And they had a game. They scored yeah. two points in the game. Oh
1: my goodness! And again,
0: like, I didn't know I wanted to coach. Yeah. I didn't think I didn't want to coach. Mm-hmm. But so, like, and. I just went to what I knew and I started working on pivoting and chest passes and bounce passes and like all the stuff that I was taught and like just told them like, you know, do it as best you can. Right, right. First of all, girls, they laugh at everything in practice. Yes, my It is, for us, it was like... Straight lace, and you're like, dude, are you coming at me? Let's go. Yeah, "Yeah, we're back at it. And it's like, I just couldn't get behind it. But like, they ended up winning a game. It was 23 to 16. Yeah. But to go from scoring two points to 23 and winning a game, and then I went back to college. Yeah. And like, that started like my love for like coaching, Mm -hmm. you know. But like, and what the point I was trying to make out of this was when they scored two points, I didn't see it as like, I don't want to do it. I saw it as there are so many room for, there's so much room for improvement. Yes. Yes. So like, did you see that in the
1: girls? And then like, did you see, did you have to teach yourself what to do, or did you just know? I think oh, I definitely had to teach myself. Um, okay. I think I, I went in there, so funny story, I go in there, I go to teach an offense, right? first time teaching an offense. I'm like, we got to go here, we got to go here, we got to go here, we got to go, go here, do this, do that. And they just looked at me like...
0: What are you saying? Like, right, like I was speaking doing? a different language. Yeah. And I was
1: like, oh man, I got to break it down. So I think, to be honest, having that group and teaching an offense to them made it so much easier for me to coach down the line, because it was like like teaching, like setting a ball screen, what side to set it, how to come off this ball screen, where are we looking, you know. Rolling and, and, off the ball right. screen. Right, and so and, and all the small things. And so now I'm like, okay. So then when I started, I remember I came back, finished coaching that summer, came back, and um, then I got the job at OLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my friend Darius got me because he, mm-hmm. he couldn't coach full-time at the time. He goes, my friend Will will do it. He'd love it. Yeah. And so I got the job there, and it was kind of – We didn't have a lot of talent, but, you know, there was some work I could do there, and it was just, like, If you have
0: motivation with a little bit of talent, that's all you need. That's it. If kids are willing to do the stuff that you need them to do, and I think that, you know, like, half the battle is you understanding it from your childhood and from your high school career and your college career and everything that we've talked about so far, Yeah, it's easier to coach it when you have that. Because there are some people who take a coaching job, and they've never been through any adversity. Right, absolutely. Zero. Absolutely. And they're like, oh, I don't know what to do.
1: Right. So when you get to OLC and, like,
0: I'm trying to think who was the, who was your, who were your eighth graders that year?
1: Ah, so when I took, so I started JV. A little many shout outs because I mean, I don't.
0: Are they seniors in high school now? Or are they juniors? They are I can't remember if that was because they are
1: they are I'm trying to think. So they are they would have, they're juniors because they're juniors, i the Yes, year, they're juniors. The right first now. year it was Pia Pietro, which was the coach Yes. Year, and he had uh oh, He had the stack team with yeah. with Mike Lucarati. And oh them. don't worry, oh. I was there. Yeah <laughs> I, I was <laughs> on the old. They were man, on. they were their team was some killers. Yeah. And so the next year after Larry leaves. Um, I take okay. the eighth, I take the seventh graders who they didn't, they didn't get much playing time because the eighth grade were just good they had a yeah. really good team yeah. and so that's just how you know the name of the game you don't you're not you don't deserve to play in time because there's a bunch of guys that are better so I take that So my next year I have the seventh graders who I took from my JV team and then the eighth graders who were there and so again it was teaching a lot you know with guys who haven't played that much that year yeah. and so it was building um but we you know we we, we found our way through the year. Um and we and I think that year really f- found my love for coaching because right. it was my seventh graders who I taught the year before. And now they're grasping this and then eighth graders really finding their love for it. And so we went through the year. Uh, I think you beat on me a couple of times that year, about three times that year. I appreciate those beatings. We're not we're not um, here to talk about that. <laughs> not I remember I remember the the thing I remember was I we get to the end of the year and we get to the Diocese playoffs and we played St. James, who we beat, and then we uh, our next game was St. Luke, who beat us by, I think, an average of 35 points that year. And I had to be like, how are we going to get them to buy in and be like, they can do this. And so being a Catholic school, we, like, we had to figure something out. We made GLTU, God loves the underdog. Right. Yeah. And so that was our mantra every day. God loves the underdog. God loves the underdog. And so we get to that game and that was our thing. Like they're, they're now they're dapping up each other in school, like GLTU, like that's what's going on every day. And so teachers I like asking me like, it. what is GLTU? I'm like, you just don't worry about it. You yeah. know? So we get to the game and of course they beat us by 40 every time we're up five Halftime, and they are like looking at each other in the locker room, like, Oh, we, we can do this, right? We can do this. And so,
0: so, what's your at, message at halftime?
1: And so, first of all, we get to halftime, and I, my assistant coach Reggie, I'm like, I know, right? we're, we're, Reggie? we're yeah, we're, I'm like, we're, we're winning. Like weird. <laughs> it's like we, you close the door and yeah. and you're like, "Dude, this is happening. Yeah, yeah, this, this is, is working. Happening. Like, this is working. Yeah. Like, it's like we're switching and we're like actually talking switches. We're rolling off screens. We're we're running. we we. And so like, I think this is the very first time because of course we're not watching much film. But I no, asked I another. I asked how another, can you? Right? Asked another dad who um who's who I know records a son's games. I go, "Hey, do you have your son's game against St. Luke?". He goes, "Yeah." So he sent me the film, and so me and Reds are diagramming what they do, and we're like, "We're gonna compete. We're not Getting yeah. Blown out, and so we're at prep's floor, and so I remember we come in from halftime, and everybody for the next game comes in, and they're like looking at the scoreboard, like I was there, yeah, and they're like I was there. there, like I, is, I watched the whole game. What is going on? And so like now at halftime, I'm like listen, we got to stay focused, we got to stay focused, and the funny part is a kid you end up coaching, John Sebel, yep, and down, you yeah. and you know how. One possession can just flip a whole game. We're, oh, up, yeah. we're up five, and we have an open layup, and instead of making the pass open layup, he passed it to the guy for three. It's a turnover, layup the other way. Oh, uh, after that, a it fourth. just, yeah, it just like, it unraveled. And so we end up losing by six. But I think at that moment, I was like, man, we can compete. Like, now I realize that. I can I can get a, a group of guys to really believe and play yeah. hard, and that's and that's yeah. where it's been from there.
0: Okay, so the, like the, I just love where this is going because I, there's so many points I can go back on. I remember that season very well as well. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like that was when you know my like, I had Cole Constable, yeah. Koshin, and and uh, Hayden Hutchinson, yeah. and uh, like a lot of younger guys that were seventh yeah. graders. And I remember playing you the first game, and like I mean, I remember we beat you, yeah. and it was like okay. Yeah. The second time we played you, it was like like you kind of, we beat you again, but it was yeah. kind of, you looked around, and you're like. And I remember I, this is before we knew each yeah, other. Maybe yeah. I mean we coached each other, yeah. but we didn't know each other. I remember walking up to you and I remember I dapped you up and I was like, Like what you're doing is a hell of a job. Yeah. Like and I go, like, I just want you to know that you're doing the right thing. Because I remember like the first year that I coached, like my team was like we were bad. We were four and twenty two, like yeah. it wasn't good. But like the one coach came up to me and said, like keep going yeah keep yeah. going and at that moment i just i wanted to tell you that because i knew you were on the right path yeah, like, yeah. you can tell when someone's a when team for, sure, for well, sure. you can tell when teams are coached poorly yeah and i knew so. that i just needed to tell you that at that moment because like what you were doing was right and i remember being at the game because we played before you. we played st george mm-hmm. yes yes and we beat st george yes and i remember standing up there and i can't remember who i was standing next. i think it might have been sammy spence's dad yeah and we're sitting there and we're watching this game and i'm like dude like they're here, yeah. And I don't know if you remember. So I don't know what kid it was, but you're walking down the bench after a play, and then I mean, you're animated. I'm yeah. animated. Yeah. And the one kid literally stands up and tap, like, cl- like give you a pat on the back. And yeah. I was like, he's got these kids to believe. Yeah. Yeah. And like for me, and again, that's what every coach wants. Yeah. yeah. The kids on the bench at the end of the bench not playing. Yeah. And he's hyped up yeah. and he, claps you like he literally goes. Yeah. And you're like yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the battle. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so. And then I, half time you went in, I remember came out and then I, I, you could see the game turn and you could just see that's the next step all year long. They didn't, they weren't in positions to figure out how to win. And now you're in that position to win and you're kind of like, oh man. Yeah. So before we get to Northwestern, I want you to talk, like just touch on what do you preach as a coach? Mm -hmm. What do you believe in? Mm -hmm. Because obviously you teach and you say the right things and you do the right things. Yeah. So what are you saying? What would you tell kids at that age, at the high school level, at yeah. the you know, whatever level it might be? The one thing that I say is that, you know, basketball is a subset of life. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're all gonna move on, but what you learn from basketball goes directly into life. Yeah. Work ethic, motivation, treating people correctly, sportsmanship, whatever however you chalk it up. Right. Chalk it up the way you want to. Yeah. What are you saying? What are you doing? How are you doing it?
1: Why are you doing it? Yeah, for sure. And so I think um, my biggest thing is accountability. I think that's my (laughs) that's my biggest thing. Yeah, that's my biggest thing (laughs) as a coach. Like you just have to be accountable for your actions. Um, you know whether that's grades, making sure you're on the floor, yeah, um, or just your game yourself. Like if you're if you're not a good shooter, you're not going to be a great shooter overnight. You got to work at that.
0: JJ Redick makes 39 percent of free three pointers.
1: That's and that's ridiculous, <laughs> and that's and he's the best, right? And he's the best. Right. And my my, my <laughs> thing is, look at JJ's in the gym from 10 a.m. to. 10 p.m. every right. day. You know what I mean? He didn't. He got got better every day. And so my thing is, be accountable for everything you do. And like you said, it it, it it's same with life goes to basketball. Like so, I had a couple guys who weren't doing well in in grades. And I go, so you want to tell me that I'm supposed to play you, but you can't get your stuff right in school. Right. So you're not accountable right. there. So yeah. now, so now I know you're not accountable there. Now I'm supposed to put. My faith in you to do something for me on the floor. You're supposed to right. have my back there, absolutely. But you can't be accountable for things you do for yourself. So that's that's my biggest thing, um, is accountability. And then um, my second thing is for a team aspect is build that family trust. And you have to you have to be trustworthy. Um, and so I think that's that's big with me is you cannot be on a team um, where you don't trust guy 1 to guy 15. Mm-hmm. And I I think I really got that from Gannon. My first year was, there's mm-hmm. a walk-on, getting zero playing time, was AD and and, and Blaze would be in-game. And I'd be able to say something and they would take it. Like, there's one game I remember.
0: Is that the moment? Is that one of those moments where you like you learned, like, you knew that you like, trust-wise? Absolutely.
1: Are there any moments before that you can remember, like, in a practice,
0: where, like, you know, I mean, Blaze knocked yeah. you down, knock, so this is the way things roll. Yeah. Either you get on the train or you get off the train yeah. and you don't play. Yeah. Like, I mean, is there any other moments that
1: you can remember that was, like, a- oh, hand, hands down, we're playing, uh, I want to say it's IUP, and okay. AD is playing terrible. He's just not playing well, and I hope he watches this, right? And so he's not playing well, and I remember just screaming at AD, I go, AD, you don't have to score to play well. And he just goes, okay, cool, right? Possession goes down, we come down, boom, he takes a charge. Possession comes down, boom, he gets a block. Boom, possession comes down, he gets a good block out, da-da-da. We go on, we win the game. But there's a timeout where he comes over, and he's coming over, he goes, appreciate it, I needed that. Right. And it goes right there. And I go, I am, I'm not playing at all. I'm not getting any right. minutes And so then it went from that to them letting me go give pregame speeches as a walk-on freshman. You were a coach before you even knew you so were like, a coach. Yeah, I have a picture of NCAA tournament. I'm in the middle talking. That's that's what it was. And yeah. from there, it was like, oh, I love this feeling of getting everybody prepared, everybody mentally ready. And so that's that's really where I built that foundation like, yeah. of having that family-type knit bond um and so my thing is like i i can't stand teams that guys will be on there like i get it you may not be best friends but you just can't hate your teammate like that just th- just boggles in the mind. lines your brothers yes you may
0: not like them outside the lines but when you are in those lines i will
1: go to right. war for you Like i know
0: war is a extreme example but i mean honestly but you know what i'm saying though. and
1: so I, I remember one example of that was my first year at northwestern we're playing union city right and robbie everhart was our, our lean scorer our go-to guy and um they're chirping and chirping them, just chipping them on screens getting into them digging into them and this is our third game and Jonah Hawley's the other senior and Jonah sees this and so Jonah goes to set a hard screen on the kid and misses and he goes Rob bring him back and I knew I should have called timeout but he brings him over and just lifts up and decks the yeah. and he gets a personal foul but now that is a senior the reason I loved it was because this is our best player this is my teammate yeah oh you're not about to just do this to my no, guy yeah, you're not getting yeah. away with this and there's I'm a not fine line yeah too. I mean there's there's a Absolutely. line you, there's a,
0: He's, yeah. he
1: shouldn't have done the full deck but my thing is come set this hard screen and after that he daps up Rob like I got you yeah. and my thing is that's what teammates are is when everybody you seems like everybody these five guys are on your back no we got you we look right, in yeah. your eye I'm, I'm like I'm gonna get this guy off you and the rest of the game now guys are head on a swivel like te- yeah, behind but it's yeah, like yeah. you build that for your teammate and that's what you got to do and it's yeah. you know and it's you can there's fine line there's good ways to go about it but also it's, bad to go. yes absolutely but sure. it's, it's having your brother's back and like I can rely on, on everybody that has the same jersey color as me right
0: no yeah and it's funny that you say that because in our our season this year. There's a play where a kid got pushed. And the other kid walked up and pushed him back. Yeah. And I said, "Red, get over here," you know, yeah. for Fairview. And I go, and the kid, and they look at me. and They go, "Coach," but and I go, "Nope, I'm just bringing you over here to make it look like I'm mad at you." But that's the way you play for one yeah, another. Yeah, like yeah. I have to act like yes. I, 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 I'm controlling you to Absolutely. say, like we again, we don't. I mean, we don't do that. Yeah, but I love that you stood up for him. Yes. There's a right way and a wrong way to do things. Yes, yeah. So your dad is a coach for mm-hmm. 30 years. Mm-hmm. Do you think he had an impact on the way you coach, the way you mm-hmm. play, and just talk about? What because again, I mean, that's supposed to be, be frank. Not everybody yeah. has a good family setting, yeah. There are a lot of kids who don't have role models, a lot of kids who don't have mentors, yeah. So, what does your family mean to you, mom, dad? I don't know if brothers and sisters, sister, one sister, so what do they mean to you? How does it impact you? You know, like what does yeah. family mean to you yeah. at the, at the and end so of the day? So, I
1: think that's really what I carry into basketball. Family is huge to me. Um, my mother is a doctor, uh, she's got her doctorate a couple years ago in community engagement, she's uh, awesome. Um, le- uh CEO of a faith-based agency called Macedonia Face in Pittsburgh. Uh, My sister, Raya, uh, she was a four-year starter in high school, four-year starter in college, so it was was really filling her shoes. And we're a little town, Mm -hmm. so it was like, I was Raya's little brother that's what it was yeah um and so it didn't help that she was a bucket in high school right, right she just, right and she put the ball in the hoop my dad's head coach so it was like oh coming up I had, well look she, at this. Right, exactly <laughs> exactly like i was like oh my gosh So no, like I, it's funny uh, so ninth grade i played ninth grade i, I feel like i could have played jv dad but it's okay um and sophomore <laughs> year sophomore year i played jv right and i played three games of jv i scored 25 points in all three games and so then, you, you know, so, he, yeah, so, he, so then, he, so then I, was eight, I didn't play JV after that. Right. And so now the joke of my family after I graduated was my sister and dad go, well, you know, me and Ryan never played JV. I go, dad, you put me on JV. <laughs> like, I shouldn't have. That's your fault. But, yeah. you know, we're extremely close. Um, like our family means everything to us. Um, but it's we're a basketball family through and through. Right. Um, and so I got, I think, a lot of my coaching, everything from my dad. Right. Um just kind of the way I hold myself I'm more animated than he is he's more reserved um but just the way uh, I I demand respect out of my players um I demand accountability mm-hmm. um and, and camaraderie that's all things I got from him um and then one thing is he he loves one thing he says he loves he loves he doesn't like to hear that his team is good he likes to hear that his team plays hard and right. that's been my thing that I really okay. like. And I and I like that because anybody's team can be good, but you, right. you have no control over that. You know, of course, yeah, you get better in the summer, but if you just have athletes, cool. Your when you're good, good and
0: lazy, I mean, right. you don't mean have anything. success. Right. When you're not that talented, but you have a ton of motivation and you work hard. Right. I mean, you can do things that other teams can't. Absolutely. So, no, I, I, Absolutely. I'm all on board for that. And so
1: And I want to say, got that from him. And so, it's just the way he kind of carried himself. And so, I was one of those kids I was attached to my dad's hip. Yeah. And so, every, I was at every practice. Right. I was at everything. Right. So. And I was listening to him do interviews. I was listening to him do um, his pregame. And so, like as a six-year-old, I remember just listening to him. Like, okay, this is what a pregame should sound like. This is what a, a postgame interview should sound like. And so then, when I got older, I was just recycling right. everything I heard. And so now I subconsciously, I mean, to you it. took it yeah. all in. I mean, that's that's, that's so I mean, much yeah. of us
0: when you when when you're younger and you hear negative things, you. Pro- you produce negative things later yeah. on. When you hear positive, you produce positive. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's what, that's what we preach is positivity. I mean, when you bring positive energy, it changes the way the ball goes through the hoop. For sure. Or it doesn't go through For the
1: For sure. And, and and my thing is he, just being around him helped. And so, you know, now I'm going to give him a shout out with, so he has connects all over the world, right? So growing up, um, I went to Michigan State basketball camp every summer. And so my dad is good with Izzo, right? And so I remember being, so what happens is they give when you're a coach at camp, you're allowed yeah. to have, they have film sessions with him, right? And so I remember being, oh my being God, I'm 10 years old. I'm 10 years old in film sessions with coaches that were going over offenses. And so I'm just sitting in the back, like, just watching, and just over and over. And so then when I graduated and I started coaching OLC, I was old enough to be a coach. So I went to be a coach. And so then my first year of four going to Northwestern, I was in film sessions again as first year coach. And so we went through every offense of the Big Ten everything. How they defend it and all that. And so I'm just, and I remember I have have sheets of paper at home with all of it. And I have in my notes, it's just, it's the point where I, I have no space on the paper to write notes anymore. It was just crazy. Like, Wow. And so then it so then it's just like taking that back. And it's like, so now, like, I ran some stuff that Purdue ran this year. I ran some yeah. stuff that Michigan, like, it, I, and so, and the the good thing is Beeline went to the NBA. I got all Beeline stuff. I got, like, all Rutgers I mean, gonna, stuff. I mean, we have to assume oh, Beeline's yes. going to go back to a power Oh, for product. sure. I mean, be, he'll, he'll be whatever opening year. he wants, yes. it's going to yeah. be Beeline's to Whoever, whoever goes out first, yeah. he'll be back. But it was yeah. just like, and so it was just like, you know. Ten-year-olds, for some ten-year-olds, is being at the basketball court. Mine was East Lansing film session. So mentally, I've just been, like, soaking it all in every year.
0: You know, there's there could be a blank check for you if I could
1: get my hands <laughs> on, on the papers oh, I got on you. That. I got you. Was, um, I got a CD w- with it as well. Oh, I got you. Trust me. I got you. Wow. So, again, six years
0: old, listen to Izzo. Would you say – and, again, it's nothing compares to being in the room with Izzo. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's upper echelons. Yeah. Do you think that YouTube is a good source for kids to learn whatever sport they're playing? Fundamentals, footwork, again, whatever sport it may be. Because I mean, I played tennis in eighth grade and that taught me footwork and how to track a ball when it's in the air. So I mean, again, a lot of these kids are one sport nowadays. Do you think that, like, YouTube is a valid resource, or where would you tell kids to be able to go look to improve at their sport, at, you know, Mm -hmm. if they want to be a singer, if they
1: want to be, you know, whatever it might be? Do you have
0: any advice on, like, where to look, what you should do?
1: Yeah, I think YouTube's a great spot. Um, I think the problem is, what kids go and look at the highlights, and instead of looking at, like, what they do. So, for example, I tell one of the kids, he's a shooter, I go, go and look up, don't watch his highlights, but watch Clay Thompson's film. That's that's what I tell you about And, like, look at his feet and look at his hands and where they, like... The the guy is set hips. everywhere, everywhere, and yep. wa- legit. Watch, I said, it looks like he'll get a he'll get it to catch a bad pass, but his body's already set. His hips are moving, his feet's down, and so when he catches it, he goes from window one to window two, and it's it's a beautiful shot every Not
0: time. Not only that, but I mean, when he scored that thirty seven in the quarter, whatever he took what five
1: dribbles. Right, but he was just in. And, and the second thing is what nobody teaches us at all is how to move off ball. Off ball movement is such a lost art. If you can move off ball, you can be a scorer with right. anybody. Right. Right. And so. My thing is, but everybody wants to go look at Curry making the moves off right. the stuff and, and and making the moves off the screen while right. you can watch Steph and he does great stuff, right. but you're not wa- you're watching his highlights, you're not watching yep. how he got open, no, right. how he moved Preach off the ball and all that stuff. So, so yes, I think YouTube definitely <laughs> is But yeah, we this and this is the stuff we, we talk about this all the time, but like I think YouTube is a great spot, but it's you have to look for the right stuff. Right. And no, I think absolutely. that's that's exactly what it is. So not going for highlights, looking at footwork stuff. Um and like I said, I use YouTube, like I'm looking at shaka smart stuff i'm looking at beeline stuff i'm looking at izzo stuff like and i'm going to youtube brad stevens butler stuff then i'm watching them break it all down so right. i think youtube's a great spot but okay. you have to find the right stuff
0: no right yeah that's absolutely it. i mean but nowadays there's so much resources available to kids that i mean it's mm-hmm. literally one punch away i mean yeah. you figure like when we were kids i mean it was like where, yeah. where are you gonna find this you're stuff right at? you're right um but you know the one thing that i i that you talked about is even just running off screens like for and it's not meant this is not meant to be like a basketball thing but i mean yeah. we're on the topic yeah. but like just running off screen shoulder to shoulder yeah it's almost as though kids don't want to like At all. again and i think like when i played like i did run it shoulder to shoulder right you know right, what I mean? like, right right and like i don't ever remember like having that one day where coach berated me into right. running off, i just ran shoulder to shoulder yeah you know and like again like when we were talking this you're like you know walk your guy in to the screen and make yeah. him make the decision for you yeah if yeah. he starts to chase you curl the darn thing right right if he starts to if he starts to cheat it and fly through it then you go under the screen right. and then you know it's yeah just, but I mean I'm big into Instagram' yeah. so like I literally have one post but I follow so many other people that yeah. are, are the resource wise yes absolutely so, you know, like a DJ Sackman a mm-hmm. coach Dave love mm-hmm. a lot of those guys that are just teaching you the the nuances of the game on, yes. how, on how to beat people are you is there anybody you follow? In terms of like Instagram, or
1: I know you said the Izzo's and those guys yeah. for the YouTube stuff. Is there any like skill guys that you follow? So I get more. Uh, I, actually, it's Twitter is where I get a lot of Twitter? Mine. Okay. Yes. And so, first of all, shout out to my assistant coach, Jory Baylock. He sends me something every day, like every day at stuff. And it's silent out of bounds, it's based on the bounds, right. practice stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's different pages he sends me, and it's his goal. And so I have, right. a, I have like a Twitter DM that I could show you. It's just full of stuff. Offenses based on the bounds, defensive strategies, and um, it's and it's just building that, and you know, and um, so I don't have. There's nothing I, I can say comes up to the top of my accounts. Okay, it's just different yeah. stuff that no, comes yeah, up all yeah. the time. Right. But yeah, I think that and Instagram for sure. Um, Instagram is where I find actually a lot of my like footwork stuff. Right, that's because, right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always find new stuff to teach guys different footwork, right. like just. Closing out or, right. or different or, you know, um, jumping to the past, stuff like that, right. and, that I'd never really thought about different ways to implement that, different ways to teach it. And I think that's where a lot of my skill stuff, I, I think my plays and all that stuff from Twitter, but skill stuff and ways to teach Instagram is a great spot for right. sure.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's I mean, I was, you know, watching the one the one account and like they're literally talking about how. You know, you should, when you're going to shoot, you should move your hands as though there's no ball there. So you come straight up and over the top. Yeah. You know, and then they show a video of Giannis shooting a free throw and it's this. The ball is moving his hands. Yeah. And he can't shoot. Yeah. And you know, you just think about coming straight up and over the top. I mean, that could change the whole idea of the shot. So, I mean, again, like what you said was perfect about YouTube. Like, there's a lot of good content out there. It's just finding the right content. Right, right. So we have now made it to Northwestern. Okay. I know we took. A long it's a long route to get here, yes. but there's a lot of good stuff to to cover in there. So again, you're not from Erie and mm-hmm. I know I don't know how much you knew about Northwestern going into that interview. And Nothing. this is not about I'm not trying to drop shade on anybody. Yes. I'm not trying yeah. to talk ill will against anybody. Growing up, being from Erie, Northwestern was not that good at basketball. I yeah. mean, you know, throughout the years they'd have good baseball teams, they always yeah. had a pitcher here and there and some and some skill players. But like for me it was never like, wow, Northwestern basketball is like yeah. a top of it. So did you know that going in? Did you have any expectations going in? And obviously, you know, I like said running through a practice, but on day one, where are you at? Where's your head at? What are mm-hmm. you thinking? What are you doing? Yeah.
1: It Good was it. so I so I really didn't know much I didn't know much um, <laughs> I was just aw- honestly happy to get an <laughs> offer you know and so the years before they were they had some pretty they had some Pretty good years. A few um, on and off from year before years before. Right. Um, Mike Coletta did a really good job mm-hmm. before me and building that program. And so um, I had one of his guys actually join me, Russ Gareppe, join me as an assistant coach this year. I just and played so, against
0: Russ on Wednesday night. Yeah, and my, <laughs> my guy can play. My guy can go. That's my guy. And so
1: Coletta, you know, Coletta did a good job, but before him, still like it was
0: it it's was Northwestern. Yeah. It's a county school where yeah. it's hard to get people. And it is. If and you don't live
1: out now, Ben. Why, why you're right. traveling? How far are you traveling every day? Thirty day, thirty minutes. 30 minutes every day down 79. So it's it's a football school primarily. Mm-hmm. And so my first year there, I had, um, two se- had seven seniors. Uh, two of them played varsity minutes. That's it. The rest were, mm-hmm. were JV. And so first year there, I was like, man, it's kind of learning the area. That's one, learning right. the dynamics, mm-hmm. the culture yeah. of that. And so I had to figure out how do I fit in here, right? How do I implement my stuff? Um, and so it's changing that, I think, is number one. And so getting guys to open gym, um, getting guys to to want to play in the summer. Um, I think that's our, our biggest hassle now is we'll get three guys at open gym. And that's the reason right. why, Yeah. And that's the reason why we kind of get to where we were this past year. We, I got, you know, I guess the Corona, but we still had open gyms and I'd have one of my starters. That's it. Right. Be there. And right. so um, it, it was all about teaching that like going back to accountability you have to be accountable to your skill set right. and re- realizing where you are and so my first year I couldn't fully join them till later in the year so Jory um, he had them at uh, the summer camps the team camp stuff like that and they played at prep the one game. And so I had the job but they didn't name me yet. And so I remember me, my assistant coach Gerald at the time and then Reggie as well. Yeah. We were going to the game and we watched them play and we were at the top deck to stand and standing above, mm-hmm. watch it. And it was just watching like, okay, this is what we have. This is what we are capable of. and we and we don't have much size. And so from there it was just like we have work to do. You know what I yeah. mean? We don't have the most talent, but we can get better. We can do these small things. And so I think that was that was the biggest thing for right. us was realizing what we're able to do, realizing that we can be better. Um, and so it's just realizing that it's it's work. It's gonna be work and so that I don't have the, the greatest talent at the time or you know, right now and so it's it's gotta be hard work right. and so I think um coaching at OLCS it was the same. Yeah. Um, you know, it's I've never been afra- afraid of hard work, and, and right. but it's, it's difficult because you want to win games. Right. You want to oh, win yeah. games. That's your it's, job. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, it is yeah. about
0: developing the kids for yeah. life and for school and for a lot of purposes. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they think your job is to win yeah. games. So, you, again, a big thing for me is culture yeah. and yes. changing the culture. You, know, you hear yes. coaches say on TV all the time, change the culture. i got to change the culture. i got to yeah. change the culture. And until I was a coach, I never understood what the hell he meant. Yeah. I mean, St. Luke's, we were good when I was in eighth grade school. We won yeah. games. I went to Cathedral Prep here in Erie you win games. Yeah. I mean, never, never a loser. Yeah. So I never understood changing a culture. Yes. And I, now I understand changing a culture is a lot of different components. It's yes. not just go win games. Yeah. You know, you have your player component in the sense of got to weed the, like the guys who aren't supposed to be there out. And again, yeah. when you're at a small county school, you really don't have that luxury of yeah. like, Oh, can't have you like, yeah. see you later. Right. I mean, you're taking right. what you're given. So changing the player side of it, Changing, I mean, even in the sense of the community side of it, yeah. that if you are a football school, a baseball school, yes. people don't come to basketball games. Yeah. And yeah. people say, you know, talk about home court advantage. I mean, like you talked about with the, with the Audi. Yeah. When that place is bumping and oh you're in that gosh, place bumping, man. I mean, there's nothing better than that in yeah. the world. Yeah. And then you have to think about the coaching side of it. Yeah. Of, of, okay, what do I run because of the players that I have? You know, who do I need to bring in? Right. How do I need to bring them in? Right. And so, year one for you at Northwestern. Mm-hmm players, coaches, community, did you talk? Yeah. again? It was, it was, yeah, it's, it
1: was different. Um, it took, so coaches bought in. me. I brought in one guy from um, the area and that was Jory Baylog, and he, he, I mean, he jumped, jumped right on board with us. Right, yeah. Um, and that's like my brother, And he just really just like, and the guys knew him, he coached a lot of them. He let them know, hey, this is the guy, this is the coach, he's gonna put us in the right spots. Yeah. Um, and so, from the coaching staff, we were good getting the guys to buy in was the next part. So it took some time. Right. It definitely took some time. Um, and so my first year, it was tough. Like, I had seven seniors who played for the previous coach. Um, and so it was, like, getting them to believe in me. Right, them to, absolutely. To believe, in, to believe in that, what they could do, um, you know. And, and, and they had different roles with the previous coach. And so right. now I had to change their roles because now you're a starter. And so, you know, it was it was just different. Um, and so the guy before me, Collette, did a great job of, of getting, you know, Changing that perception that we want to win, yeah. we want to we want to we want to work hard, and right. now it's it's an, another person, and so you have to buy in again to another person preaching right. that, um, and so I think it was it was tough, uh, my first year, and I had to make some changes. I remember twice I would bench two of my seniors and play two freshmen, mm-hmm. and it was just like I'm I'm going to play who's going to give us the best chance and who works the hardest, right? Um, and so year one was tough, uh, year two was tougher. Because then I had one senior, all right. sophomores and juniors, and we won three games. Yeah. And it was like, do they believe? Do they, you know? And I had to look at myself, like, bring it back. And then got to this this year, I think it was the first year where now was starting to bleed in, like, okay, this is it this is it. Um, right. And so it, it stinks that we didn't make as far as run as I think we could have, but now we're really starting to turn. The, right. the the belief is really starting to get there. And so I didn't realize how long it takes to build a culture. And, you know, my mom told me this when I first got there. She goes, listen, son, because when she took over her company, she says it takes to turn a, a organization from one that is not doing well to doing well is about three to five years. Uh huh. Absolutely. And, oh. I, and, and I was like, what? It's like, no, I'm going to do this this season. I'm going to do it now. Yeah. And now I'm three years in and I'm like, wow, she's right. And so now I really get to implement all the changes and things yeah. I want this coming
0: year. But even year one, it's, it's implementing the, we're rowdy at practice. Yes. We get after it. Yes. We do it. Yes. And it takes a whole year to do that. Yeah. And then, then when they come back, the group that leaves who never knew it is gone. And now yeah. the guys, so that's all they've ever seen is now you start to implement yes. that. Yes. And so when you're there, and I, I you know, t- two coaches talking. And I really hope kids understand this because do you think it's possible for a kid to change in the snap of a finger? No,
1: yeah, not at all not at all i think I think I think his demeanor maybe. I think maybe, like, to be like, I want right. to be in this. I, that, right. that can change in a snap, I right.
0: think. What I'm saying is, and that's what I meant, is yeah. like, can you change in a minute? Because there are some kids who have that mentality. Like, I'm yeah. the top dog, and somebody new comes in, they tell you that you're not the top dog anymore, yeah. and you don't want to change. Yeah. And so I believe that kids can change in the snap of a finger. Yeah, yeah. But, do you think that kids? How quickly can kids change their physical game? Yeah. Like, I mean, does it happen? I mean, I know it doesn't happen overnight, yeah. but I hope that kids that listen to this go, okay, if they're saying it, and yeah. I think something different. Yeah. These guys, have, or at least, have been through it, and they coach and they played how long do you think it takes for someone to make a change in their game i mean you can make the decision yeah. that i'm going to change it yeah. but it doesn't happen overnight
1: yeah for sure i think so i think from a demeanor standpoint yes like it's like you it's it's only your personal output like if if i want to be in or i don't want to be in but right you can make that no, Like yeah. boom, yeah, yeah i want to be in um from a player standpoint i think it takes it definitely takes time um one one kid i will use for example is a, my one of my seniors this past year malachi Schaefer. Uh, he tr- grew, I mean, his, he grew every single summer, like right. it's a new part right. of his game. Um, I remember meeting him as a sophomore, he was just real hungry, real gritty, um, couldn't really shoot, couldn't handle the basketball the next, he, that, so that's sophomore season go, that summer, he really worked on handling the ball shooting, Right. get to the next year, he was okay ball handling, okay shooter. If we get to that season, he gets better, get better. That next summer, this past summer, oh my, it was a dog every yeah. single day. He Every right. single day I'm there, he's there. He's at the park every single day. And then this coming season, now he's going for 24 points, 25 points. Right, right. The Absolutely. Ball, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I think it takes time, but you just have to – it's the work you put in. And right. so I use Malachi as an example because he's one of my Northwestern guys where he's put the work in. Right. And I think that's why I was upset about our finish because he deserved to get a playoff right. run Right. because he put the work in for that. And yeah. so um, it takes time. I think I think you def- – that summer, that off season is where the – best players are made right like oh yeah work in. It's, and it's so the, yeah the
0: hours you put in are the hours that you get out yeah um but not only that but like so do you think that again and i think malachi is a perfect example of this you may never see the benefits of what you taught yeah. malachi yeah so like you are the you're, you're you plant the seed and you water it and you yeah. water it and you water it and like again the whole point of being a coach is that you hope that you get the benefit yeah. of that but at the yeah. end of the day you realize that you're probably not going to get the benefit yeah because they're gonna go on, they're gonna do great things. Right, right. Have you seen him grow as a person as well? Have you seen him mm-hmm. grow in like the work ethic, the motivation, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. And again, there are some kids who just naturally have that, and then when you have that ability as well to teach them that, they grow even faster. Yeah. I know that like, you taught him that. Have you seen him grow exponentially? For sure, for sure. I have yeah. definitely
1: seen him. Um, he's a goofy kid, but maturity—he's—he's he's really locked in. Um, he's focused on wanting to play at the next level, and I think that goes for all three of my seniors. Right. Um, Austin Bird, who is just—he's one of those kids you just—he just will run through a wall for you. You know, he's, he's just real loyal. Have you had and ten man, of those? Could you imagine? Man, I wish. <laughs> I wish like he—he's my leading charge taker. Yeah, yeah. Football middle linebacker. He's just one of those kids. Whatever sports you put him in, he's just—you yeah. know—put his head against the wall. Yeah. Um, and then Chris Barnes as well, who's about to be a Marine. Um, like he's it's, it. it's just like, but I've seen their growth, and right. I think that's the tough. Like when you. At the end, when you watch them go from sophomores to seniors, and then it's like, man, and now I have to give them up to the real world. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I just think that I, I appreciate that, that they, right. their parents put the trust in me to right. let me develop Absolutely. them yeah. man um, and to build from there. But I've, I've definitely seen it. Um, and I think my biggest thing is after guys leave, they always want to come back. Like my Judah friend last year wanted to be a part. Right. Um, and I have two guys who played for me my first year. They're my eighth-grade coaches um, uh, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Dohanik and Jonah Hawley, um, are my eighth grade coaches. And now they want to put more into the group. Right. Isaac Schwartz who is my center. He is my bookkeeper. He wants to be a part of the program. So everybody, they realize that they want to give back to the the next group, the next group. And I think that's the one thing I really like is they're like, yeah, we want to help. We want to be a part. And it's not just for my own gain, but they're like, we realize what we can do for the next group. And the fact that I can inspire, Inspire for them to be like, yeah, well, I want to help. I want to do this for my community. That's amazing for me. Right.
0: And I will. This is not. I. I the point of you being on here is not to toot your heart, but like that doesn't happen at every program. I hope yeah. you do understand and realize mm-hmm. that. They're like I, when I like when I asked you to be on this, and like when we started talking about it, like this is why I wanted you on here is yeah. because like I know <laughs> that you're doing like phenomenal things out there, mm-hmm. and like you know, I mean, it all goes back to when I saw that kid patch on the back of OLC. I was like, <laughs> I know he like, yeah. I, I, I know he's doing the right thing. So like full circle, you know, after everything we've talked about, in terms of basketball, yeah, like, and I guess sports in general, what adv- I mean, being a player, yeah, having your dad coach you, which to me is like, I mean, that's even harder than having someone random because yeah. you know what your dad teaches you the right way and like yeah. he expects you to do things even better. He's your he's your biggest critic for sure. You know, so and then obviously your mom getting her doctorate. I mean, yeah. she's and you said she's running a company too. Yes. So it's like you know, there's a lot of expectations on you for sure from sports-wise, not even just like life in general mm. first. What, if you could tell your younger self one thing, Yeah. what would you tell you? And mm. two, if you could do something differently, you know, and, and I don't mean like, yeah. oh, if I would've went to this high school, I yeah. mean like, I would've been in the gym, more, or yeah. I would've, you know, I would've done this. Again, yeah. it's hindsight, so yeah. like, it's a lot to take in. What are you doing? telling yourself what are you doing and mm-hmm. what would you tell kids nowadays if they have a passion yeah. basketball whether you know whatever it might be what sport whatever it is what do you have to tell them yeah
1: first I think I would tell myself um, going back is that uh, don't think of it as a race like a sprint, it's definitely a marathon. Right. So like you have to legit get better every day. Like it's nothing's gonna happen overnight. Like I thought, oh, if I really work on my shooting for a month, I'll be a great shooter. But no, like I gotta month after month after month. And so I think that that's number one is just like you're not gonna be able to do things quickly, grasp it, and then move on. You have to build on that. Um, I think one thing if I could do differently for sure would be to get in the gym more. Um, Mm. So my dad had the keys, right? And so the one thing my dad did was, he said, I will always push you when you're in the gym and all that, but I will not force you to be there. Like, I'm not gonna, so I remember one time, my sister, going into her junior year, she used to get up and we used to go to the gym. And some mornings I wouldn't get up. And my dad wouldn't wake me up, he would just go work out my sister, and by the time I got up, they'd be back. And I'd be like, oh, did you guys go to the gym already? He'd be like, yep. And I'd be like, oh, like, you know, could we do this? He goes, no, we went already, like, you know. So that's that's what it is, you know. Yeah. We're, you know, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna just baby you and be like, hey, get up, you gotta come. And so then I, I would take those mornings back and be like, get in the gym, work on myself, and really take that coaching harder. Um, right. I think that's one. <clears throat> Two. So the thing, advice I'd give to kids today is, one, is take all the opportunities you can to better yourself, athletically, whatever it is. If it's getting into the gym, if it's going outside, if it's with a group of guys. Take those opportunities. And then on second part of that is accept coaching. There are so many people that say they want hard coaching and they want this, but they really don't. And so look at yourself in the face and be like, do I really want this? Because there are coaches like you and I who will bark and all this stuff and we'll we'll push, but we're trying to get you better at the end of the day. So when the the buzzer goes off, we'll joke, we're good friends, all that. But when we're in these lines, we're trying to get you better. So I'm yelling at you and I'm trying to push you because I know, I know, I've seen what it takes. I've been around what it takes and this is what it is. So sometimes don't, you know, listen to your parents, all this, but when it comes to what's going on to this gym, we are parents, listen to us. And this is, we have your best in interest. And and so come with a mind to learn and accept what we're going to give you because that's that's really where you're growing. Yeah.
0: What I tell kids is if I'm if I'm done yelling, if I don't yell at you when you make a mistake, that's when I've given up. Yeah. And I yep. said, I will be in your face all day long mm-hmm. and I will never stop. I'll keep going until I can always push you harder. Yeah. For sure. And every time you level up, I'm going to push you to the next level. Yeah. Like, even if you grow and you're like, Coach, I shoot 85%. Okay, cool. Get to 87. Yeah. Yeah. You for know sure. what I'm saying? You're right. So it's like, and then, you know, after giving that, which I mean, I. I I agree with every single thing that you, that you said right there. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I mean, we speak such the same language. I think a lot of coaches do speak the same language, yeah. which are the good ones. And transitioning from sports to life, yeah. there's obviously advice to be given in that as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you working at Optum, and I know that you have goals for yourself. Yes. And just like in athletics, you have goals for yourself to, from A to B to C. Yeah. Same thing yeah. in, in the professional world. Yeah. You know, what are some of the biggest takeaways you took from sports to life? Yeah. And the same questions fall. Like, what would you tell your what would you tell your younger self? What yeah. would you tell you know? What advice? What would you do? How would you do it? And to the kids now, like, what do you tell them? Because again, everybody, if you're not part of the one percent, you're not playing a professional sport. Yeah. So, what would you tell them as they grow and as they learn and as they mature as people?
1: I would say the same thing for life is is how I take it from sports is compete or do whatever you do like a scout is watching, right? And so. For myself, like I got my job because I worked hard as a head basketball coach. I was, I did, I said the right things. I, I tried to do the right things, and they noticed me as a person, so that I, I would fit well in that team as a person that worked well in corporate communications, you know. And then my skill set applied, and so do the same thing because you never know who's watching. You never know if your potential boss is in the stands. You never know if your potential spouse is in the stands. If you, you know, because. All those things will line up down in life, Um, and so I'd say like just uh, apply to yourself. You know, uh, build yourself, get better. If you want to do podcasts, do do podcasts. Get better at that every day. If you want to be a scientist, make sure you're reading. Do one of those things. If you you know whatever it is, try to get better because. It's you you can you can spend the other times doing the wrong things, you might as well spend that time doing the right things, and you know, so like for myself, I'm a young guy still, I love playing video games, I love it, regardless, and so I had there's times I'd be like I'm not watching video games, I'm watching stuff on Shaka Smart today, that's my guy, I'm watching stuff on him, or I'm watching um how they run this two three zone, and I had to like you and some so make sacrifices for things that you could do later because you can always pick up the joystick and play games. you can always go hang out with your friends, you can always go to the movies but once you make those sacrifices, that's when you get better, and that's really when I found myself get better as a coach and in my job now. When I was yeah. sacrificing the fun stuff for a weekend, and next thing you know, I'm it's easier, and now I know a couple more things. Or I'm reading a book. For, I'm one of Phil Jackson's books. Like I'll read ten pages of that, and I feel like I know everything. Like, <laughs> and so it's like really sacrifice and, and right. apply and get better at small things because it will really pay off.
0: Right. I mean it's there are so many truths in everything that you just said. I mean, and for me, reading is one of those things where it's like you do feel like you learn yeah. a ton, and you think you know everything, and then like you read ten more pages, and you're like, I know nothing. Yeah, like you know, right. like it kind right. of brings you right. right. The first yes. ten, like, yes. oh, I know. And the next ten, you're like, I don't know. What I'm right, about. right. So, no, I agree with everything you said. So, after all of that, I just want to give you the floor for as much time as you want. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's five minutes, ten minutes, an hour. <laughs> I just want you to talk about what you're doing. Yeah. you know Northwestern wise Optum wise mm-hmm. if you want to take a, a chance to talk about anything that's going on current events I don't yeah. care what it is I want people to know what's going on with you what you're doing how you're yeah. doing it and I want people to know you know what you're about and what you stand for because I did a poor job in the beginning of talking <laughs> about how he works for Optum and how he's the Northwestern basketball coach and, and you know I think that you're a phenomenal human being and, and the things that you're doing in this community are huge. And, you know, to be able to have success here at a place, again, I'm not throwing shade at Northwestern, but yeah. to be able to have success there in a place where a lot of people probably don't think you can have success out mm-hmm. in Albion, PA, mm-hmm. and then to be able to go to Gannon, get a degree, you should have left. Yeah, yeah. And so you chose to stay in here. So like, you know, I just wanna give you the floor right now to do, do what you have to do.
1: Yeah, I think, um... First of all, Erie gets a bad rep of, of the town it is and what you can't do. You can be successful anywhere if you apply. Um, and I and I put that for Erie. So my fiance, Lauren, uh, Lauren Tavis. Congratulations. Um, thank you. And so that's my better half. <laughs> Got to give her a shout-out. Um, she's also another reason why we chose Erie. But she found a, a great p- a physician assistant job here at St. Vincent. Okay, yeah. Um, and then I found my coaching job here. And Erie has given me um, the ability to grow that I don't think a lot of other places could. Uh, it is yes, it's a small town, but as much as I have given to Erie, Erie has given back to me. Um, so it has given me tons of friends. It has given me the ability to coach the game that I love. has given me the platform. Um, so at Northwestern, you know, I'm going into my fourth season, and I think I just I just love what I do because one, the community allows me to do what I do. Mm-hmm. I get. Great support by the community. Um, so I love the city of I love the, the I love Albion. You know they they support me. Um, they come to games. There, there's people that buy pizza for my kids. They buy donuts for my kids. Um, the school board you know she gives gives me shout out. Gives me love. The principal Natalie Harith she she bends backwards for me and does tons of stuff for my guys and for that community. The, the, the um, athletic director Joe Nagel does so much for my group of guys. And so you know I love it. I love it out there. Um, all oh, my coaches, Eric Mikevich, um, uh Nick Copeland, Jory Baylog. I got I just get, give shout-outs to all I of them, you know it. what I mean? I like, they do so much for that community, and they embraced me. And they, and everybody could have just wrote me off there. But I came in there, and they believed in what I wanted to do, and they allowed me to continue to develop what I wanted yeah. to do. So I appreciate them for that. Um, so I'm out at Northwestern going to my fourth year. Um, I am a senior communications specialist at Optum, um, where I work in video production. And I love my job there, too. Um, and so I really, right now, I'm just trying to continue building my life here, um continue to to grow here. Um, and I, I think one thing I really want to say to people is, don't write off Erie. Don't write off the eight one four because so much can be done here. And I think at the same time, it is tough. Erie's one of those tough places to to build and come out. And so when somebody's coming out of Erie, be aware. Be aware because right. they can do so much, and they're capable of so much. Um, and you know when once you're here, if you put into Erie, Erie will give you so much back. So my thing is, people come to Erie and they don't put in anything into it. And they're like, oh, I can't stand this place. Well, what have you done for Erie? What have you done for the people around here? What have you done for the kids here? Like Erie's not going to one of those places that's going to be like, here, I'm going to give you this. That's not how it works. Preach. So you know, my thing is, if you come up to Erie, come up here and give something. And it will, and it will come in return. You know, I think my biggest thing is I came up here, and I, you know, I, I jumped in, started coaching up here, um, and then I found my fiance. I found a, a coaching that I love. I found a job that I love. But it was all off of coaching for free. And I started coaching, coaching for, free for free in Erie, coaching f- true. right, true. man, Come I started on. coaching for free in Erie and I got my long term job and I got a, a, a high school coaching job for coaching for free because I put in and I dove in and I did the hard work that was necessary early in Erie said, you know what, you since you want to pour so much in here, I'm going to pour so much back. And so that's that's my thing is don't go anywhere thinking that it's going to be given to you. You have to work for it. You have to pour so much in. And I'm thankful for, I'm thankful that, you know, I poured out half my cup in Erie. And now I got it back, and it overflowed. So that's 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 my thing. That's stolen right there. That's my, that's <laughs> that's stolen. <laughs> that's my thing. That that's that's my stolen. thing. And the last thing I will say for my guys who are coming back next year, burn the boat is our philosophy next year. We have no <laughs> plan B. It, we are burning the. I can't wait. I can't. I know, wait to I know. That but that's the, the thing, though. I
0: mean, like what you just said in that spiel. That is what exactly the point of this podcast yeah. is: is to stand here and say you came here for Gannon basketball. Yeah. Essentially, for real. That is exactly what it is. And look at what has come out for you. Mm And that is like this is the exact reason why I want you on here is to be able to share your success and the, and the trials and the tribulations that you've gone through and everything you've went through. And like I, I I'm ecstatic to be able to hopefully ask you to come back on one day and we yeah. can continue to talk about the future success. For
1: sure, for sure. I'm hoping to down the line steal you and my staff or you steal me. One I still day. remember when you yeah, called I'm me. I was about to say, yeah, you're my first. You're my you first called me.
0: I was literally on the Glenwood Park Avenue right by the zoo, and you're like, I want I got the Northwestern job and I want you to come out. Yeah. And I thought about Hayden, I thought about Koshin, yes. I thought about Cole, I thought about Sammy Spence, and Ryan Lucarati was yes. coming from... Yep,
1: yeah, from, from my Z heart. Jeans, I know! Yes, yes, and yes. I was like,
0: well, <laughs> I don't know!
1: <laughs> I don't... I, that's my... And I like that group. That was a hard one Oh, yeah. I loved, I loved them. them. Yeah, I had um, them for
0: two years. The seventh, yeah. Oh, Lucarati came in eighth, but yes, I mean, in seventh grade. Was, I
1: like that group. They worked hard um and they competed that group really competed oh, yeah. i liked that but i was like man as soon as i got it, i said i'm calling him right now because i'm trying to steal him but i was like oh and reggie even said is he gonna leave with that olp girl I, go, I don't know i'm gonna kick myself if i don't call him i gotta call him so that was that was number one you, I were, know. you were on number one person i mean I, called. I won't
0: lie i mean i think about it a lot i think about you know i mean as we grow as coaches you know if we do get the opportunity to move up and move forward yeah. and, and get to those higher levels. I mean, I talked about it with the eighth grade coach, Matt Faulkner, out at Fairview, and I was like, Will's my first call. I know yeah. he's at Northwestern. I know he's killing it out there, and I know he loves it out there, but like, how can I not yeah. give him a call? For and then sure. Reggie, and then I mean, obviously you add guys along the way, and I'm yeah. like, I, I have to call him. Like, there's yeah. just no, like, there's just no <laughs> way that
1: I don't. I'm trying to build the 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 squad with me, you, A. D. Red. I'm trying to Ridge, I'm trying oh. to build the, oh that eight one four that we started with. That the diocese group, oh, the stories, the, the, di- <laughs> the free, yes, the free, the free diocese paychecks to, to coach oh. it at some college. Somewhere. But again, I
0: mean, that's part of it too. Is that you learn that you love to coach, but yeah. you don't. I feel like I'm getting paid, and I, and I love going to do it. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm working a single day. For sure. And that's how I think kids should be. Absolutely. Well, perfect.
1: My guy. That's it. <laughs> I appreciate you
0: having me on, man. Oh, no problem. We'll catch up. I don't, I don't know how to end stuff. So You're good. You're know. good.
1: <laughs> but, but, yeah, I, I, seriously, I do remember that, time I mean, when you called me, I was like. <sighs> we were, so we, I remember we were building the staff, and um, so Regs, of course, were coming in. So I go, listen, AD's staying. We already know that. I go, so we have to add. So I said, I want to add at least two more people. And so we were like, so who's first? And we go, were, like, oh, we're calling Jordan. Yeah, that's, sure. that's number one. And then we call my friend Gerald, and Gerald came. And but we were like, yo, Jordan. Like I said, this will. He'll we'll yeah. set it on fire. We get it and Zero, well. I I'm mean, I
0: didn't realize you. how similar like, our story. Like I mean, yeah. just, like every like every little story you told. I was like, dude, like, that that happened to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then like we're the same. Not we're the same coach. I mean, I don't mean that in any way. But like our energy is the same. Yes, for like, sure. Like yeah. for sure. I mean, our energy is the same. We're animate the same way. I st- literally kids on the bench bet on how quickly I'll get out of
1: my chair. <laughs> Like, they I'm said it eight you, seconds. I'm telling you, well, they I'm said it eight you. seconds. And you, were, I know you were up quick. You're up I'm quick. up in one second. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: um, I can't tell you. Like they, I mean, and again, the, kid, the kids on the bench were betting it. And we, I can't. Remember, we played Hickory. Yeah. Have you seen Hickory this year? Yeah, they really first good. of all, their freshman team has 16 guys and 11 of them can hoop. Seriously, they're, they,
1: sma- they smacked us by 37. Their varsity, first of all, that's one of those places they just like they play year round. Like I, I would be a luxury. They're really good. Yeah. and so like.
0: Off the tip, I have a kid. So, again, this is the half court. They're tipping this way. Mm-hmm. We are tipping this way. Yeah, I have a kid here, Hickory kid here. Ball tips that way. This kid runs like this. This kid doesn't move two steps. Drops the ball in, lays yeah. it in. I go, this is going to be a long <laughs> one. He brought this kid up. They run this one, two, two, five, like half court press. Oh, my gosh. And you, you tell kids, when you move the ball to the wing, it moves faster yes. than – Yeah. That kid was there by the time the ball left hand to catch hand. He was there.
1: They, they moved off I, the I, pass. Yeah. I, no, just
0: that kid though. And I walk up to him. I, go, well, I, I gotta ask you. I said, Why is he on JV? Yeah. He's like, We're making him learn with the younger guys. I Said, Fair enough. That's, yeah. Kid's not even. Yeah. I mean, Varsity quick. Yeah. Varsity quick as a freshman. Have you seen their Varsity team? Yeah.
1: Jeez. Unreal.
0: Oh my I mean, they even talk about how like.